0: There's an interesting not surprising ongoing debate today. I believe it started at the collegiate level. It's made it into public schools and now into the religious world as well. And it's this idea of being your natural self, being happy in your own skin. And that sounds wonderful. The uh, thesis of the movement so goes. We wish to desire, to, we have a desire to demonstrate that behavior, especially bad behavior, is nobody's fault because it is inbuilt into our very being. Therefore, grasp for that natural self, be who you are, make no arguments with yourself, and you will be a more peaceful person for it. Now, these arguments often bleed into religious circles and many will claim to know God, but they argue that if God didn't want me to be an alcoholic or sexually promiscuous, he would not have created me with those tendencies. And the same argument is made for homosexuality, for dishonesty, profanity, violence, gambling, and any number of other things, that if God had not intended me for, me, uh, for me to be thus then he would not have created me as I am. Now, in contrast to this, please turn your attention to James, the first chapter. We'll begin in verse 22, where the writer says, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. He continues, For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. Now, this short little concise scripture addresses a universal and daunting truth that those who hear the word of God but don't do it are fooling themselves in regard to their own condition. This word deceive has a simple definition and an even simpler meaning of context that those who claim to know the will of God but don't practice it or claim to know it But don't do it. Reason falsely. And in some cases, mislead themselves into a false sense of security. Now, much of this, I believe, has to do with our tendency to forget our own need, to blind ourselves to our lost state and continue what the writer refers to as our natural face. Those who practice this naturalism believe that their natural state is the proper state, And to change it is, in fact, not an improvement at all, but it is an indictment of themselves and an insult to their creator, such as he is. Now, while the denominational religious world thrives on this sort of rhetoric, the church is plagued by it. And those who espouse the belief that God takes them as is, with no prompting towards change or spiritual improvement, This calls Brother James' statement of the natural face into question. Back in verse 23, he says, For if anyone is a hearer and not a doer, he's like a man observing this natural face. Now, a deeper translation of the word natural that he uses means without alteration. By context and implication, the natural face is not conducive to what God has in mind for his people. And this concept was brought to bear as Paul addresses the topic of inspiration to the early church. He says, 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 14, The natural man doesn't receive the things of God, of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Now granted, the context in this is slightly different than that in James 1. We're still discussing this idea of the natural man. In Paul's word, it's a different form of the same word, but you add a little trinket to the definition. He adds, unaltered or animalistic. The word natural is also rendered sensual and is used six times in the New Testament in conjunction with earthly behavior. Animalistic thinking, uh, desire-driven decisions not subject to godly change. Now, we may therefore conclude that an accountable human being unchanged by godly influence is a human being over-reliant upon what nature has given them and is indeed natural or animalistic in all aspects. Now, Jesus references this mode of thinking in Luke 6 and verse 46. He says... Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? Verse 49, But he who heard and did nothing is like a man whose house is built on the earth without foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Now it appears that those who maintain their natural face in the name of being true to themselves are twice cursed. Number one, for their natural unsaved condition. And number two their inability to receive opportunities offered by hearing and application of the word. Now, after washing the disciples' feet and communicating the importance of service, Jesus distinguishes knowing and actually doing. He says, James 13, John 13 and verse 17, If you know these things and you do them, blessed are you. No one can serve God without knowing what pleases him. And even then, the knowledge in and of itself is useless if you do not apply it. These folks that insist on maintaining their natural self, be that whatever it is, are wholly involved in self-service. Now, in contrast to the natural face, James goes on to describe those who act on what they see. He says in verse 25, James 1.25, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, And is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of his work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Now, no doubt, when faced with the comparison between the two states, the spiritually concerned person will ask how to avoid one and to pursue the other. The phrase, he who looks into the perfect law of liberty. That little phrase, he who looks, is used in 1 Peter 1 and verse 12 where it says they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. The act performed by these so-mentioned angels here seeking a better view of the gospel is an eager yearning to see within or to see beyond sight. It is with this same anticipation that the spiritually minded person seeks the Lord's will, not a passing glance of half-interest, but a serious gaze towards information that the looker may not have, but earnestly and desperately desires. Acknowledgement of our natural face opens us up to the knowledge of ourselves. Now, for those of us who are perhaps grumpier than, than some might wish, perhaps a bit more direct, perhaps More easily inclined towards a bad mood than a good mood if your face falls to a frown easier than it falls into a smile. And we like to, we can make excuses for ourselves and we can say things like, this is who I am. I'm just growing into my personality and so on. We can make all kinds of excuses, can't we? That same line of reasoning, however, applies to any such ungodly thing. The Lord is a Lord of change, righteous change, legitimate change, not doctrinal, but personal Both the naturally and the spiritually minded see themselves as they are. The difference is one recognizes wherein change should take place and acts upon them. Blessed are those who hear these sayings of mine and do them. A truly spiritually minded person is one who acknowledges their own need, their own flaws. Jesus put a very fine point on it in a passage we visited earlier, and we'll expand on it. Uh, Luke uh, 6, verse 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? Verse 47. Whoever comes to me and hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will show you who he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation upon a rock. And when the flood rose, the stream beat vehemently against that house, and he could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. One may have faith, perhaps developed faith, but without action, dare I say, works. These deeds required to legitimize that that faith count for nothing. Our Lord equated one who has faith and follows through with it as a person whose foundation is solid and can withstand the inevitable storms of life that were frequently being tossed. Now then... I would think that that would serve as practical application to those who live in a physical world where depression and concern and heartache is not infrequent. Those who acknowledge their spiritual flaws when they look in the mirror are equipped to deal with these situations that often occur that cannot be avoided but can be dealt with. Now the funny thing about one's natural face Even after you change according to your appearance, you may always regress back to your supposed natural state. The world would applaud you for that. Don't let anybody tell you that your imperfections are a problem. That's what they will often say. Now, this perfect law of liberty not only demands action but it demands consistent action. We see examples through this all through Scripture. One of the most popular ones is 2 Peter, the first chapter. Add to your faith virtue. Add to that knowledge. Add to that patience and so on. You're consistently adding godly characteristics to your personality, to your living, to your habits. You're consistently working towards these things. Now such adding, such action is is only done by serious and honest self-examination in the spiritual mirror. Recognizing the natural face and being willing to change it, our Father is a God of spiritual change for the better. Ephesians 4 and verse 20. But you have not so learned in Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you may put on that new man which was created according to God in righteousness and holiness. Remember that John in Revelation described these particular brethren as having left their first love. On this note, Paul reminds them that their behavior was not learned from Christ. Rather, they should adopt the principles that he did teach them by doing away with what was, changing what is, and becoming something new according to knowledge. Now, James 1 and verse 21 Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. There are two words here in James 1, verse 21, that I want to zero in on. First of all, he says the word receive. Simply put, that means gladly welcome, accept with all gladness and joy. But then there's this other one receive the implanted word. What does that mean? Well, part of it's fairly obvious. The literal definition is planted or ingrown, but there's another word in that definition you need to consider too. Planted, ingrown, or natural. Now, it may seem odd to find this word natural used in this context after spending so much time warning against the natural face. But once we begin to obey the Lord, once we've been obedient... Once we implant the Word within our minds and in our hearts, His precepts become natural. To the spiritual person, the instructions of God become second nature, natural to that godly individual. The Word of God is a natural course to those who will willingly and actively seek and put on righteousness. Don't ignore the natural face with its flaws. Change it towards righteousness and allow God's will to grow and develop From within, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Do not deceive yourselves, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is an individual who observes his natural face in the mirror. He observes and then he goes away. But he who looks in the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one is blessed in what he does. See yourself and be a doer.